Welcome to the E-Commerce Profits Podcast, a podcast that aims to uncover how the most successful e-commerce experts, dropshippers, and sales funnel gurus built up their e-commerce empires. One single e-commerce product can take somebody from zero to hero. It just takes one winner. In this podcast, we'll show you how other e-commerce entrepreneurs just like you are generating six and seven figures per year online with their e-commerce business. If you'd like to join our free Facebook community where you can see exclusive members-only content, join the e-commerce profits Facebook group. For a done-for-you e-commerce subscription system, go visit thestephengoldman.com. Now let's get started. So welcome to the Stephen Goldman e-commerce profits podcast. I'm your host of the day, Stephen Goldman, and today I'm with Ricky Hayes. So Ricky, can you tell me a bit about who you are and what makes you so, so, so successful with e-commerce? Um, yeah, no worries. So my name is Ricky Hayes and I've been doing uh, e-commerce now for about 18 months. Um, I specialize in more dropshipping and branding. Uh, that's my what I'm moving more towards. I um, uh, Most of my successes come from the fact that I can find high-quality products and uh, provide a really high quality experience for uh, my customers with selling over $2 million in Shopify sales in the last 12 months of them. And you do mostly dropshipping and branding. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, so um, I have a couple of stores that are dropshipping stores. And what I do is I dropship the items and I find that a niche that works well, I then heavily focus on branding that around that product in terms of getting the products imported to the United States because that's where most of my customers are, uh, branding the actual product itself, uh, making sure that the customers get an ample customer service experience and just make sure that the overall experience that customers get is really high so that uh, they come back time and time again. Right. And actually, when you brand a store like that, how do you do that, actually? you Do you use uh, some online marketing or do you use your personal connections? How do you get a store to be known for their brand? So... Um, it all, it, it's a time-consuming task, admittedly, but yeah, it, uh, the way I do that is through um, through email marketing, messenger marketing, text marketing. I use my social media channels, where primarily uh, Facebook and Instagram, um, to build following and constantly engage with customers. Uh, very important that customers get all their needs met, whether it's through their customer service from emails or live chat. That's a very big focus point and that uh, the product quality is very high. So whenever I find a product that's doing well, I like to test the product, make sure that it's a very high quality product and make sure that their um, their experience is as high quality as possible so that they they start to refer me and I always um, – I even go to the point of making a referral program so that they get incentives to refer their friends to get more word of mouth. Okay, and you already said it's really time-consuming to do all that. So when you make a new store and try to do the branding for it, how many hours do you spend on basically engaging with your customers, giving them their support and make sure that everyone you have engaged with basically 
refers to your store, buys from your store? Um, so uh, I've got a perfect example of a new brand store that I'm starting up in the United States uh, right now where it's uh, just slowly kicking off now. And it, I would spend probably about at least five to ten hours a day um, in total, and that comes from a combined Wait. with meetings with suppliers um, and getting the products imported to the United States using fulfillment centers. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't do that I like to do, especially when starting a new store, is I actually do most of the customer service. Uh, I do that because it gives me the in-depth way of understanding exactly what customers want, what problems might arise, so that I can actually understand firsthand what it, what I need to make it so that it's a solidified business moving forward, and then I'll start to look at outsourcing and improving that customer experience from that feedback. And that's just all the time you spend on branding one store, right? And you had multiple stores, so... Yeah, that's right. So, How many hours do you now spend... Uh, on engaging with your customers from all your stores together? Um, I would say in total probably around 10 hours a day um, because as you start to scale your store, you start. I start to – I heavily focus on automation and outsourcing. So training up VAs to handle customer service, um, fulfillment centers to handle the shipping – uh, it's just initially when you start a store, it's really important that you make sure that it's on the right path from the beginning. That's really important to me. Otherwise, the, the store will never have longevity. So I would say about 10 hours a day, and that includes various meetings with suppliers and, and the team and everything. Right, right. And most people who dropship and have an e-commerce webshop, they use paid advertising to gather their leads. But how do you do that? Through your system, you said you engage with your customers, but do you get your leads through paid advertising or are you doing something else? Um, so, so yeah, great question. So um, I use Facebook ads as a primary source. Um, I also use Google, Google ads. Uh, uh, obviously, always need to do paid advertising to bring new people through the front door. Right. But I do a heavy amount of emphasis on because branding a store and trying to make the experience as high as possible. A lot of email marketing, a lot of messenger marketing, a lot of text marketing and organic channel growth and management. Um, I find that a lot of those help bring in an extra 20% in revenue a day just on autopilot. Whoa, 20%? Helps, uh, yeah, so like on, on one store, my um, current store, it has uh, – it's it's a business partnership, that one. Um, it has about a, a – a 20 to 30% customer return rate um, because the, they get such an ample experience as well as we focus very heavily on trying to build an organic growing uh, growth as well as um, just getting a lot of organic sales. Okay. And do you find that some niches are more attracted to one platform of advertising? Like for a certain niche, they're mostly on Facebook or in, in other niche, they mostly come in through Google AdWords and some come in through Instagram or something like that? I, I do find that is the case um, with different niches that uh, the audiences can be. Um, so, for instance, I do find that older aged individuals generally are on Facebook. As So if you're in a niche that's 
more aimed at older aged individuals, then it's more Facebook, whereas younger aged actually works very well on Instagram, like the baby niche, um, the cosmetics niche, those work very well on Instagram. Uh, but I don't, I find that um, other niches work better on Facebook at different times. Okay. And you said that about 20 to 30% is reoccurring. Are most of your, is most of your revenue made from customers that return to your stores to buy new products or is it mostly made from new leads? It is still mostly made from new leads. Um, customers that do return do spend more, obviously the second to third or fourth time around. Uh, however, most of the revenue is still from paid marketing. And what exactly is your goal with branding? Is it to gather more customers that do reoccur, uh, give you reoccurring income, constantly buy from that one store? Or is it just to create a bigger customer base, find more new and new leads? Uh, my ultimate goal is always to brand a store and then focus very heavily on return customers and organic sales. Uh, significantly cheaper than paying for paid marketing, as you can imagine. Um, right. And it means less work and you can focus even more on a high-quality customer experience. It's much easier to handle a return customer than it is to get new customers all the time because they've already gone through that experience. They know what it's like and they're far more cooperative and understanding. So I definitely prefer to focus on that. Uh, my long-term goal for any store I always make is preferably to have no Uh, marketing budget at all and just focus entirely on return customers and that's why I focus so heavily on making their experience across all regards as, as quality as possible. Right so what do you think is different about the way you approach e-commerce compared to other people? Um, I would say for me it's my attention to detail um, My real attention to detail, I, I actually come from an IT background and uh, I'm so I'm very specific with what I like to do and as a result of that background, I understand ways to automate businesses um, and provide a high level of consistency that I don't see other people do. Um, and as a result, people absolutely love the experiences they get because Uh, I focus very heavily on making sure that every element is all consistent and um, just a very high-level customer experience when from landing on your store through to their purchase, through to their tracking, through to when they receive their order, the packaging, um, everything is, as a whole is just meant to be uh, – I automate as much as I can but also a very personal and high-quality experience for the customer. Right, right. And is that the reason why you focus so heavily on branding your stores? That's correct, yes, because that way branding is uh, definitely my favorite thing to do because I can tailor a message uh, towards the customer in that niche, heavily tailor that message to their wants and needs so that they get the best experience they can. So basically target that specific niche, nothing else. So... Have you tried doing a general store instead of a niche? I have tried a general store and I do have a general store that I just use for a bit of testing and a bit of fun for different things. Um, I do like the idea of general stores. They are very effective. 
However, when I, whenever I find a product that's converting well, I'll always niche around it because it's just much easier to, uh, across all areas, tailor your experience towards a certain type of customer than any type of customer possibly. Right. And I understand that most of the people who listen to this podcast or most of the people who want to get started in e-commerce are sticking with the problem of do they want to start with a niche product or do they want to build a general store? What do you think is better for those people who are basically beginning and trying to find out what which store works better? So I don't actually hear a lot of people talk about, but I actually use the term a general niche store. Um, so when people think about a niche store, they think around something very specific, um, whether it's like a specific dog type of product, um, as an example, or they just do a general store where it's just everything under the sun that they can try and test. I prefer what I define as general niche store, which is um, every niche has a lot of products. And right. so if you do niche around uh, – sorry, if you do build a store around a specific niche, there are plenty of products. You just need to choose a broad niche. And the ones that I generally recommend to people are – Dogs, cats, cosmetics, baby. Um, I don't recommend uh, fashion because with drop shipping, the sizing is just too difficult. Um, but those well, niches are what I generally recommend to people to start with because they're broad enough that they can still be like a general store, but you can still tailor your message further towards your customers and amplify their experience. So can you a little bit uh, tell me a little bit more about how you tailor that message to that specific niche? So uh, whenever I try and enter a niche, I like to do a lot of research on what competitors are doing, whether it's their, their paid ads on Facebook, their Google ads, their landing pages on their website, their, um, you know, from their product page to their checkout. I like to see what they're sort of doing because you'll find that a lot of the time that most of your competitors are doing very similar things because if it works for them, that's highly likely to work for you. Um, other things I like to do is I subscribe to their newsletters. I try and get their remarketing as much as possible. Anything that I can get to understand their entire process from the front and back end. If I'm really interested in that website, I'll even actually go to the degree of actually just purchasing a product seeing what they do fully on the back end and fully understand what, what they're doing that I can use. Um, and I know I pretty much start from there. And if I have a good feeling about it, then I'll proceed further. So what do you exactly view as your competitors when you try to start a new, in a new niche? Sorry, can you repeat that? What, what kind of competitors do you have when you try to start in a new niche? The type of competitors, yeah, I'm yeah. Not sure do I fully follow. Do you look at large stores that st sell specific oh, products to that niche, sorry, or yeah. are you trying to find other dropship stores that is are specific? I try to that and niche? actually find a combination of both. Um, so there, there, in every niche, there'll always be a combination of uh, dropshipping stores as well as heavily well-established branded stores that have been around for many years. I like to look at all of them um, because it just gives me a good idea because, one, I can get product research ideas on what products are doing well as well as, two, 
I can I can see. I mainly use a. Uh, I will admit, I mainly use well-established branded stores as the benchmark because they're obviously doing big numbers, right. and I try and use them for the inspiration as to what path and and where I want to start and go from. Okay. I can understand that most of those bigger stores do have recurring customers and have a brand, right? So when a store starts to get traction and basically gets recurring customers, you said you would focus on automating that whole process for that store. What do you exactly do to automate your stores? Yeah, so... Um once, once a store starts scaling, and for me, I define scaling as about 500 to 1,000 a day. That's enough to, to start justifying that the store is getting enough traction. Okay. Um, I'll use tools like um, email service provider. I use Clavio. Uh, I use ManyChat. I use uh, text marketing and messenger marketing. And I use the combination of them all to help with customer service, keeping customers updated on their orders, Um and I go into each of them and I continually tweak and customize uh, each of them until they get to a certain point where it's got a very custom experience that is very tailored towards them. And that all stems from the fact that I do the customer service to start with so that can understand exactly the best way to tailor that message to meet their needs. And you said you start you, when you start a store, you start with doing the customer service yourself. So when you automate that, do you use VAs or something else to automate your customer service? Yeah, so the two main tools that I use is uh, Zendesk for customer service emails as well as uh, looking more at using um, uh, phone, which is also hosted through Zendesk and can automate that as much as possible. And then I use ManyChat, which is a messenger bot tool to help with uh, keeping customers updated through live chat. And I use VAs to handle anything in between. So try and use as much automation as possible, like FAQs um, and help articles to help customers understand and answer their questions themselves. And then I use VAs to handle anything outside of that scope. What kind of programs... uh are helpful for someone who has just started the store and wants to automate some of their parts. So you talked about ManyChat and Zendex. Are there some programs, some apps that some beginners do really need when they want to automate some processes? So I would actually definitely recommend both of those tools because um, uh, ManyChat is 100% free to start off with, so people can start using that straight away. And they can start using it to automate some parts of their business, as well as Zendesk also have a um, startup option. So for small-time startups, they actually have a 12-month program that is 100% free that people can also use and wow. start helping to automate their business. So both of those tools are actually perfect for beginners as well. well sounds awesome, man. And what do you do, uh, do with the fulfillment of your orders? You talk to the suppliers or do you directly fulfill your orders with the suppliers? So generally when um, when I start out, I drop ship. Um, so the reason that I do that is you don't want to buy a lot of stock and then find it doesn't sell. It's just money down the train. Um, 
is I'll dropship confirm the product as well and then you can get private suppliers. So I've got a private supplier who can source products and, and even modify them if need be. Um, if people don't have one of those, it's very easy to find those through um, using a sourcing agent on Upwork. Um, and you will get a private supplier who can fulfill in China for you to start off with. And that that's dependent on um, uh, where you're shipping to. Because I primarily focus on my customer base being in the United States, um, I use fulfillment centers in the United States, uh, which is I use ShipBob, and uh, they help with the fulfillment with pretty much same-day fulfillment for the most part and then uh, two- to three-day delivery. And so what will happen is uh, you buy a bulk order from your supplier um, and they will ship them to the fulfillment center in the United States and then they will ship them out. Ship Bob, sorry, will ship them out from their fulfillment centers. Okay, but what do you exactly think about those uh, suppliers from China? I have heard a lot of people saying that they have long shipping times. So, what do you think about that? So, um, the suppliers in China, they can um, obviously shipping is um, a big big problem, especially nowadays with a lot of people getting into e-commerce. Um, it's all, unfortunately, in many regards, like anything, it's about finding a good supplier um, right. because it's not just about the shipping times, it's also the processing times, which can heavily impact on your business on a day-to-day basis. Um, and that's why whatever I recommend to people when they're starting out is if you once you get a product that's getting consistent sales, I highly recommend um, that you contact multiple suppliers at least four to five, and you communicate with them through um, the various channels like WeChat, Skype, and um, try and work out what's the cheapest deal as well as which supplier is going to be the most reliable and provide you the best quality product for your customer. Okay. And how do you determine that a supplier is basically a good supplier? Yeah, so generally I actually find that the best suppliers are the ones that respond the quickest, I've found, <laughs> funnily enough, because because they're very serious. Um, so it's how you present yourself to these suppliers. If you present yourself as a very successful, uh, well, uh, expert in dropshipping, then they, a lot of them know that that is a big thing now and the ones that are very serious will respond very quickly. Um, a lot of them will know a lot about the product already and will actually give you a lot of tips and uh, tell you straight up about the processing times, the shipping times, the expenses, and a lot of them as well uh, are now actually having US fulfillment centers. So by contacting a number of them, you can actually try and find some that have uh, fulfillment centers. They might even have some in Europe as, as well. And generally as well, um, a good supplier are ones that will happily jump on Skype, I've found, or WeChat. Most are actually more than happy to go on Skype um, because the ones that – and you can usually tell them that they're actually very experienced in dropshipping because if they are willing to go on Skype, most people that do dropshipping um, communicate with their suppliers through Skype. And so you'll immediately know that they've had experience with other dropshippers and that you are pretty confident that – they're going to provide you a good experience. But what I also do is that uh, when I do have a product that's getting traction and I'm contacting other suppliers, I will go out and I'll actually um, I'll order it from all five of those suppliers and you know see the shipping times, see the processing times, and 
and the quality of the product because although the images and the way they market the product might be the same, the end result it can be very different on the back end. Right, right. Some of those pictures that they set up on uh, on their stores are do look really nice, but once you see the product, uh, it's something different, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I've I've had that many times where uh, products look extremely good on their product page and then you actually order it in and uh, the product is either very fragile, the product is uh, much smaller than the perceived uh, picture makes it look um, and a lot of these things. And, and in those cases, I've actually had to refund customers because uh, admittedly because the product isn't what I've even marketed it as and I'll, it would just result in chargebacks regardless. So you just avoid all those chargebacks and issue those returns yourself? Yeah, well, in many cases, uh, especially in early stages, it's not really worth going to the degree of doing a return. I let the customer just have it or I'd say to them, Can I just dispose it and we'll refund you because I'd much rather do that than um, get a lot of chargebacks because anything over the 4% threshold can cause your um, accounts to be put on hold, penalized or even locked. Wow, just four percent of your orders, right? Yeah, so it's very, very strict because payment providers, uh, payment platforms like Stripe, PayPal, and Shopify, of course, because they integrate with Stripe. It's very important to them that they don't want merchants who are going to uh, possibly hurt their reputation. Right, I can kind of understand that, but if you look at new stores, right? New stores means. Uh, new people who do the fulfillment, inexperienced people. So if those people try to um, market some product and they don't really know how the product looks and something that most people who start dropshipping doing, do you think that that 4% threshold of chargebacks is actually fair? Because I can see that most people who start a new store get a lot of chargebacks because they order those products from China, right? They don't really know how it looks or uh, how fragile it is, like you said. Um, yeah, so that's why my first recommendation to people starting is um, unless you heavily know the product uh, already, like fashion, I do not recommend just because I have seen it a numerous amount of times that the sizing, especially if you're marketing to the United States, is very different to the United States as opposed to China, so that can cause you a lot of chargebacks. For people starting out, um, I always recommend if you feel good about the product to or just go ahead with the product. The worst thing that happens is you get a few orders and it gets traction, and if you find that that's why I actually get the product imported to actually double-check because um, I don't want to try and scale a product to higher numbers knowing that the product is not a quality product. So I say to people that are starting out to go ahead with it and then once you're getting traction, then order the product in and, and make a, a business decision based on what you see from that experience. A 4% chargeback is is pretty lenient for the most part. Um, you know, If you think of four orders in 100, it's very rare that customers will go to the point of a chargeback. Most of the time, customers will just ask for a refund. So um, as long as you honour that refund, it's not going to count as a chargeback and that will be fine. So most of the time, as long as you uh, provide good quality customer service, it's never going to be a problem for you. It's only for people that are ignoring their customer service 
that their <laughs> chargeback starts to spike and then their um, accounts be put on hold. Right, right. So what do you think is the correct way to get started with e-commerce in your opinion? Um, one, I would recommend uh, spending the time to do a bit of research. I definitely recommend joining a number of uh, various uh, groups on Facebook, watching YouTube videos, subscribing to different YouTubers, including myself, of course, <laughs> um, and, uh, and watching and just asking questions. There's no harm in asking questions. I would always recommend people, um, I do notice this a lot, don't procrastinate too much about making a perfect store or don't procrastinate um, about many things. What I recommend is to watch a few videos, get an idea of how it works, and then just jump in. Uh, it's not uh, it's not going to be the end of the world. It always you always end up landing on your feet as long as you're um, constantly trying to learn and evolve from the beginning. Then you'll just start to pick up things pretty quick, and you will um, start to be able to see results faster than you uh, really imagined initially. So just get started, get a feel for it. Do a lot of research in your free time and just try to improve with every day, right? Yeah, I would try and recommend to people, you know, most people obviously would have their other commitments in their life. If they uh, can try and aim for one to two hours a day, whether that's just watching some YouTube, reading some posts, trying to do um, set up their store, just uh, my recommendation is always to get started. Don't procrastinate because there's no better time to start than now and that'll always be the case. Yeah, procrastination is, is a big problem, even for me sometimes. Yeah, So we all have it. How do you actually make sure that you don't procrastinate on your task at hand? Um, I do a number of things. Um, I read books. Uh, books that motivate me, uh, like I'm reading at the moment the four-hour work week, for example. Um, oh, that's I find a good book. reading books, um, speaking to, speaking to um, other dropshippers and other people that own e-commerce stores because whenever I see other people that are getting good results, uh, personally I get a bit envious <laughs> and that actually motivates me, to, um, motivates me to push myself further. And so I like that. Um, we help motivate each other. Um, those are probably my main two things. And I like to go for, for me, I'm trying to get more in the habit of, I will admit it's not been something hundred percent consistent, but I try and, uh, go for regular walks on a daily basis. Cause I find after going for a walk, um, uh, my mind usually gets clouded throughout the day that once I go for a walk, it's not clouded and I'm back in the, uh, I'm motivated to get back into work. Okay. Well, yeah, I find that things like meditating or going on walks do clear your head. And what what do you think is the most important thing that makes somebody successful, and especially with e-commerce? Consistency. So, and consistency is not just in terms of building, let's say, like a brand store, but just consistently right. trying and um, accepting that you're going to fail more times than you're going to succeed. In terms of everything entrepreneurial related, doesn't matter if it's e-commerce or legion, uh, the reality is that we have to get used to that most of the time we're going to fail and we're, um, that the times that we do succeed always make up for those failings. So it's mainly um, the big thing it comes down to is mindset of consistently trying and try not to um, compare yourself too heavily to others. 
don't worry about what he or she is doing and how well they are. They all started at the same spot as you. You should just be proud of where you are in your journey and just consistently keep trying and you will get results and you will achieve the, the outcomes you eventually want to achieve in time. Right, right. And I know a lot of people say this, but I also really, really think so, that mindset is key in these kinds of things. People who give up are maybe a lot faster in spending their money and then pulling out as soon as it gets bad. But I've also seen some people spending months and months trying to figure this stuff out and still not getting any result. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, there's a lot of factors to, to consider there when, when I hear that. Um, to, to give an idea to people, when I started my journey, it took me over four months to get a single sale and I had spent over $2,000 without a single Whoa. sale. And that was because I frankly was quite arrogant and thought that, uh, that this would all just be quite easy and the world told me, no, it's not that easy. Um, and so from that, I just say that even if you've been doing it for a few months to keep testing, like I tested over 50 products before I'd gotten a single sale, uh, for instance. And it really does come down to just a matter of being consistent and just keep testing and keep learning. Whether you um, enroll in some form of premium service mm. or you keep watching YouTube for, for ideas as well as um, self-teaching self yourself, then right. I just constantly just recommend doing stuff like that, yeah. So ba uh, basically improving, trying to learn everything day by day. Sometimes it's a slow process. Sometimes someone has found their lucky uh, break, basically find success in within a week. Is that also possible? Yeah, I've seen people get success within a couple of days. Um, and that is... You know, it, it's rare, it can happen, most of the time it doesn't and there's a lot of factors that can contribute to that. Success can be within 24 hours or it could be in a number of months. And it's not to say I want to add as well that people that are successful that don't also have their pitfalls as well. There's periods where everyone has drive spots um, as well. It, you can succeed straight away or it can be down the line as long as you consistently work hard um, as much as you can within your constraints then you will achieve results that you're after. Okay, so consistency, mindset, everything around that. And basically work maybe one or two hours a day trying to improve, right? And trying to make your store yep. better. Then what is your, yeah, that's right. Yep. What is your number one tip for somebody that's just getting started with e-commerce? Uh, my number one tip would be personally um, to have a, a few things, to be honest, it comes down to. Watch a number of YouTube videos, just watch various tutorials, let's say on Facebook ads, setting up a store, various things like that. Um, I highly recommend to everyone that starts um, to at least have, I would say, $1,000 in reserves. Um, and I say that because you are going to, you're going to be, spending money on marketing, um, on your store, and most times uh, you're not going to see success straight off the bat. And when you do see success, obviously your expenses are going to be higher because you'll also be purchasing products on top of marketing. You want to be prepared for anything. 
uh, as much as possible. So I would always recommend to people to watch YouTube, um, start doing some learning, make a store and have $1,000 on them so that uh, any unexpected events, because there's always unexpected events, that you can right. account for that and that you're not put up, put into a bad situation. And is having that $1,000 the minimum or can you also start with a lower or higher amount? You can start with a, uh, a lower amount. However, I always recommend about $1,000 because it's just a good amount to um, have on the reserves in case something really bad goes wrong. Very rare something like that happens, but uh, at minimum, I would uh, say $500. Optimally, I would say $1,000, uh, but you can start on $500, yes. Yeah, but I can't. Personally, I've used Facebook ads a lot for my stores, and you can also start with those advertising ads, $5 per, um, per ad set. What do you think about that, starting with just $5 for your store? You can start with $5, but the, and um, I use that strategy to a $5 budgets on ad sets, but the chances of um, getting immediate traction would be very, uh, very low because you usually need to have a number of ad sets running where you're spending $20, $30 a day to be able to get those type, that type of feedback to understand uh, how your product's going um, because you, you can start on a very low budget. But, again, um, if you do find uh, something that's getting traction, you don't want to be caught out with not even being – I've seen a lot of people that have actually been caught out with not even being able to fulfil their product, for instance. Because they oh. don't have the, the finance behind them. Wow, really? So people had enough money to yeah. do the marketing but didn't have enough money to do order fulfillment after that? Yeah, so I've seen people, you know, try and start with $100 and they've gotten a few sales and um, they've, let's say, spent $30 on ads and that leaves them with about $70 and the, the product costs them $30 and then they you know the money doesn't come from um from paypal and and let's say stripe it doesn't come back into your account instantly so people can't actually run their ads within another day or two because they don't have the extra capital behind them to to continue to find new customers right so well if you start a dropship uh, store you do need some finances to do your marketing and also for order fulfillment but what else do you need to watch out for when you try to get started in this? Um, that, that all comes down to the unexpected expenses because generally when you start a store now, you need to try and make, you know, you need to set a benchmark I mean, for your store. And, uh, you know, that, that benchmark is usually using a number of apps, uh, at least a few apps that have a, a monthly expense. Um, unexpected things as well is... Uh, this is what I mean by, um, you know, poor suppliers um, that are um, non-responsive or they have slow processing times, slow shipping times, um, customers asking for refunds very early on. There's a lot of customers that will buy a product and then they'll change their mind and just want a refund. Um, unexpected things is uh, that your Facebook ads are um, doing horribly that are just not getting any form of traction at all. Uh, those are generally the ones that I find. Um, and yeah. 
Yeah. So most of the beginners do indeed need to watch out for some unexpected things and do need a little capital to spend on order for films and marketing as well. So yep. how did you start out uh, with dropshipping? You already said that you did four months of dropshipping, spent $2,000 on your marketing and didn't even get a single sale. How was that like? Yeah, it was pretty hard. Um, so <laughs> I was working a, uh, I was working a, a nine to five uh, job in a, a large corporation here in Australia, and um, working a nine to five job and coming home and working another six seven hours on every day on average to try and learn and understand. Um, and it w- it was really hard because I I made a big mistake of. Um, I just thought that I could make a store and I thought that, I, you know, everything would just fall into place and that's when reality gave me a good kick, kick in the face <laughs> to say, no, that, that, doesn't, yeah, that yes. doesn't happen. Uh, I, was, reality I was very is arrogant harsh. to think that – sorry? Real, reality can somewhat be really harsh. I know that. Yeah. Well, I learned the hard way that I made a store and for the first two months I didn't do any paid advertising. I just focused – heavily on making this what I defined as this perfect store that would just make me money. And uh, and that was when the realisation that two months down the line that um, I started actually paying for Facebook ads. And back then I was sort of, I'm not spending $5 for a Facebook ad. This is ridiculous. Um, and <laughs> uh, when, I just, when I decided to eventually do it and uh, uh, got horrible results uh, without single sale and that, I knew that I had wasted so much time and made a big mistake. And so I always recommend to people to just get started. Don't worry too much about the perfect store. Just make it a nice store. And there's plenty of uh, guides in that on, on YouTube, even my YouTube, that can help you get started there um, and and start spending money on Facebook ads. You, um, I learned the hard way, like where you're not going to be able to start an e-commerce business without outlaying a bit of money on Facebook ads because – there's so many websites out there now that the only way to, to try and get some traction is you have to spend that money to pay for ads and uh, and get customers through the door. Right. You do need to use paid advertising because that's the fastest way to get leads, right? Yes. And you said you worked two months to basically create your perfect store. What What do you define as your perfect store? I, because of my IT background, I'm very obsessed with the little details and I thought this perfect store would be every element of the experience would be 100% perfect and, you know, like uh, it ended up with my website being slow, having all these pop-ups because I thought, oh, yeah, that's cool. I got shiny man syndrome basically. And, um, <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, and uh, as it turned out, the website was horrible. Um, it was it was, uh, I, I don't know why, but at the time I thought to make a, um, a stationary um, niche store because I thought, oh, yeah, there's plenty of um, stores that sell sta- stationary. I thought, oh, yeah, this is easy as pie. Um, and uh, <laughs> okay. turns out that was very wrong. So, yeah, it was a good learning experience. Yeah, with those big niches, there are a lot of competitors and a lot of other places where you can buy those products. Yeah, so that that's what I recommend as well is is that don't don't try and sell just a very general item like you know a pencil because people can buy that anywhere. 
you want to try and find products that have something that people can't just find anywhere and everywhere uh, because that, that'll mean that people will actually take interest. You know, trying to sell a pencil, people can just walk down the road and get one, whereas if you're trying to sell this new um, baby product that helps parents with um, feeding their baby, for instance, then that will actually get people's interest because that's something they can't just find down at some general store in their town. Right. So, Ricky, we're almost out of time here for this podcast, and it was really fun talking to you. A lot of information, a lot of story behind everything that you did. So, just one last question. What would be your final golden nugget to give to your to my audience? Um, well, that's a put me on the spot. <laughs> I thought, um, it's really hard to think of one off the top of my head like that. Um, I would, my golden nugget would be um, personally my biggest thing that I found success from is networking. Um, and what I mean by that is not just networking with other people. I just mean having a very good support channel. So, you know, you want to have, you want to inform your friends and your family that you're planning to do this and don't get your hopes up too high. Um, I know the feeling of getting your hopes up too high only for reality to, to bring you back down and it hurts. By having a, a really good support channel of, of friends, family, partners, um, Ricky, can you hear me? Mm, it seems like Ricky has some kind of problem. Hello, Ricky? Hello? Oh, yeah. You somehow disconnected. I couldn't hear you anymore. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can hear you perfectly. My apologies for that. Um, so having a very good support channel of, of friends and family that are going to support you through those tough times. Being perfectly honest for me, when when my first store didn't go well, I actually was contemplating uh, giving up. My partner said, no, this is just a small setback and to um, just keep pushing forward. You've learnt a lot now. It's just about applying those learnings and continue to try something else and you'll keep achieving results. And uh, I found for me that was the key to my success. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here today. Okay. A lot of people supporting you and props to your partner, pushing you through that hard times. So, Ricky, it has been fun talk to you. Nice having you on this podcast. And you said that you had a YouTube channel, right? How can my audience follow right. you and see your content? So my YouTube channel is if you just jump on YouTube and type type in Ricky Hayes, um, I've got over I believe 110 videos there. Um, I've been doing YouTube for about seven months. It's got so many gold nuggets on how to run Facebook ads, how to do make a high converting Shopify store, how to brand your store, how to provide a high level um, customer experience. It's all there. You just need to go through and watch it. It's all 100% free and uh, just jump in and have a good blast. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for the opportunity of being on your podcast as well. It has been a lot of fun for me. Uh, admittedly, it's my first time being on a podcast, <laughs> so I was a bit nervous. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no worries. It was fine. You talked clear. You sounded great. A lot of info, a lot of things. 
that has been said, a lot of story behind every decision. And so my audience can follow you on your YouTube channel, Ricky Hayes, 110 videos on content, right guys? A lot of golden nuggets. So subscribe to his channel, watch his videos, try to research and learn a bit more. Like you said, watch videos one or two hours a day to even get a feel, to maybe learn something new every day. So Ricky, it has been a lot of fun talking to you. I wish you a good day and bye. Thank you very much for your time. Have a good day. See ya. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce profits podcast. Make sure to visit the stephengoldman.com for a done for you e-commerce subscription system, helping newbies go from nothing to five and six figures within just two months time. Excited? Visit the stephengoldman.com.